This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 845 with Tracy Crowley. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 845. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Tracy Crowley is an author and entrepreneur who is passionate about helping stay-at-home moms. As a former stay-at-home mom herself with a side hustle, she knows the day-to-day challenges stay-at-home moms face when they think about returning to work. After returning to work herself, she realized she had gone through a process that perhaps other people could follow, so she started writing. And the result was her growing back-to-work workbook. Her work life has spanned everything from running her own business to retail to network marketing and now having a full-time career. She's been married for almost 30 years. She's raised two boys and she is a native to the Pacific Northwest and Alaska. She loves connecting with people, creating amazing garments and partnering with moms to help them be successful. Tracy and I, our paths first crossed years and years ago in a networking group that we were in separate chapters, but our, we kept going to each other's events and seeing each other where our groups would overlap, which was really, really fun. And I've watched her as her professional life has grown and evolved and transformed over time. And it's been really cool to see the different steps that she's taken and how she's taken them methodically and strategically and how she has allowed one step to always build to get her to the next step. And I think that that's where we miss the mark sometimes. We don't 
let ourselves look back to see how everything we've been doing up to this point has poised us perfectly for the next thing that we want to do. And I love that Tracy is really aware of that process and has used it to leverage herself to relaunch into the professional workforce. So listen in to hear Tracy share her process of deciding to reenter the workforce and how she was able to create a system around it how her side hustles and work in network marketing and networking groups helped her in this preparation to re-enter the workforce, how to take skills from motherhood and turn them into translatable skills for the workplace while also creating metrics to support your skills strengths. This is gold right here. This is how you can go from staying at home for X amount of years with your children and raising a family to going back into the workplace and saying, hey, here's metrics to prove that I am capable, qualified, and ready for this position. Then she talks about how to start quickly and easily preparing for a shift in work and return to the workforce. She talks about the magic of giving yourself 12 to 18 months to begin this transition. We also talk about what to do if you don't have 12 to 18 months. And she talks about how to leverage the heck out of little bits of time, which I feel like is how moms make everything in the world work, right? Just leveraging little bits of time one day at a time. So I think you're going to learn something today with Tracy. I know that I learned a lot in this conversation and I felt really lit up afterwards. I think the same will happen for you. So with all that, please join me in welcoming Tracy Crowley to the Shameless Mom Academy. Tracy, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you, Sarah. This is a really fun moment for me too. It took a lot to get to this moment in a couple ways. So we have to give people the background, I think. We've known each other through a networking group is where we initially met met like 15 or so years ago, I think you mentioned yeah. as we were talking a minute ago. But that was also for both of us multiple careers ago. Yeah. <laughs> so we have that piece. So it took a while to get here that what in that sense. But then also we had at least like 18 tech things go wrong and just trying to get to the point <laughs> of hitting record today. So we have been through a journey. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but we're finally here and it's going to be amazing. We have arrived. <laughs> totally arrived. So I always like to start by asking my guests a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio. And is there anything you're most excited about right now? So first thing I'm absolutely most excited about is my son who got married this spring is arriving on Saturday for Thanksgiving week. So like I'm over the moon. So excited for him to show up. I know so many people who have like either college kids or grown children coming home and they're just like counting down the days and like this is a world I'm not prepared for. (laughs) It's okay. It's so fun when you get there. Oh, yeah. So fun. Yeah. No, all good things. And and I think between that and, you know, what we're talking about today, I have been just blown away by the reception that my book has been getting. Like the comments and the thank yous has been really amazing. So that's kind of fun to have some time to shine some light on that. Yes. And we're going to be digging into that today, talking about growing back to work, which I'm really excited about. I know that as I had the opportunity to be in group settings with you through multiple careers and watched you grow over time. You are such a giver. You're such a connector. You're a person who in the room, you're always wanting, like you make connections really easily and you see people, I think, easily too. So Thank I'm you, excited. Sarah. And I mean, and this is, it's funny because I don't say that about everyone, but you're one of those <laughs> people who you would pop into the networking group I was in, like, I don't know, once a year, once every other yep. year, like not super yep. frequently, but there was like always a quick and immediate and really easeful connection where it was like, oh, Tracy, like an old friend came back, like an old friend I've met twice. I don't know. Right. (laughs) But it had that feeling. So when I think about you writing a book and I think about you supporting people through transition, that seems like something that you are just by nature set up to do, to lend that helping hand, to be a guide, to stand there and just be like, I'm the person that has your back, whether quietly or very loudly. So (laughs) can you talk a little bit about why you chose to write Growing Back to Work and what that 
if you want to talk about the evolution to get there a bit, feel free to do that as well. Yeah. I feel like the funnest part of this is looking at how the workbook came about. It was about three years into my process of being back in the workforce. It hit me that I had gone through a pretty specific process. Like I hadn't just said, Hey, I'm going to go back to work. You know, I had gone through these phases of learning and I thought, you know, if I just take the time to write this stupid stuff down, it'll actually help somebody. Mm -hmm. And so I started this process and I was getting ready to kind of put it all together. And of all things, I was looking at being interviewed on another podcast and I was going through their intro questions like I went through with you. And one of the things that asked was, do you have something that you want to launch in the next year? And for some reason in that moment, it totally stopped me in my tracks because I went, oh, I do. I have something I really care about that I need to go finish before I can do this. And so two and a half years later, I got that project done. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, it took three years to do it, a couple more years to write it. But basically what it was, was really just knowing that if I took the time to write it down, it would be useful. And if I got the right resources around it, it would be even more impactful. I love this so much. So you may or may not have seen on social media, I was laid off in June and we're both in the Seattle area. So Seattle tech, but like, you know, nationally tech, maybe internationally yeah. tech is just really, really impacted by layoffs right now. And so there's so many people not necessarily re-entering the workforce, like haven't been there, but they're in this really unique time in their career resume building journey where they're having to be really intentional about intentional and strategic about what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it. Like every step feels very, like it needs to be very specific. And because you're up against a lot of competition right now yeah. in the tech space. So when you talk about going through this process yourself and then deciding to create something that can help guide other people through this process, that seems like so helpful and supportive. And also, as I think about the resources that my husband has leveraged and utilized in the last six months, that kind of work is such a gift. Like, because I think people initially start off and they're like, okay, well, I want to do this thing. I want to re-enter the workforce. I'm going to get a new job or whatever. And it's like, I update my resume, click on some links, put some feelers out and like, it'll be like, you know, four to six weeks. Right. And it's really much more <laughs> than that. <laughs> and I know that he's done a lot of relief in getting systems and templates and things in place that other people have been able to provide. So I think that you creating this is such a huge gift. And especially for someone who's maybe been out of the workforce or doing their own thing for a while. And I know that was your situation. So I'd kind yeah. of like to dig into that a bit. I think sometimes we go through career transformations that where we've either taken time off with our family or caring for other loved ones or yep. going back to school. Or sometimes it is like we're over here doing this other business. And then we decide like, hmm, I think I want something different and maybe like paid vacation and maybe medical. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And no right or wrong to any of choices. But I'm curious, where can you talk about the businesses that you worked through before you headed back to the workforce? And then also what best prepared you to rejoin the workforce? Yeah. And it was interesting because when you asked that, because like you kind of put a really cool twist, one of the questions or thoughts I had given you at the beginning, getting ready for this, that the side hustle that helped me the most was actually selling Arbon, which is a network marketing company. And like, I feel like people can be kind of dismissive of those because there's lots of weird social stuff that shows up in there that is kind of unhealthy. But like the sales training and the business training I got from that company helped me understand like, oh, there's a way to have a part-time job that looks like a business, but that I can flex around my life. 
And between that and Business Networking International, which is where you and I met, so BNI, between those two things, like between the business and sales training and then BNI helping me learn how to present myself professionally, like how do I do this repeatedly? And then also, what are my strengths? Like how do I show up in a meeting with another business owner and present myself as a business owner? How do I do that? And getting to do that over and over again in BNI helped me in ways I didn't realize what it was preparing me for. Yeah. I love that. Same. And it's funny. I have to give our listeners a little bit of background. So BNI, Business Networking International, where you and I met, and you were doing Arbonne at the time when we met the the first time. And then I think there was another another, iteration. yeah, Yeah. There was another thing after that. But when we met, so when I first joined that group, it's a group that we meets weekly. You sign up for a year and every yeah. week you have to stand up and you have timed. I was the timer at one point, you yep. have 30 <laughs> seconds timed to stand up, introduce yourself, talk about your business and ask, tell people the referrals, that, like the specific referral that you're looking for that week. And so at the time I was in the fitness industry. So I'd say like, you know, right now I'm looking for moms who want to come join a boot camp class between like nine and 10 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The first probably few months that I did it, I remember being really nervous every time and like practicing in the car on my way there, <laughs> which is hilarious now for people that know me, you know, talking 800 some episodes into the podcast. <laughs> but to your point, having to get up over and over and say like every week have some sort of like iteration of who am I? What do I need most of my business was such a huge skill. And then I think it was once a quarter or twice a year or something. We also got to give little presentations on our business. Yeah. And that also like those skills are really, really significant over the long run. And so I want to point out to people who maybe have the opportunity to be in networking groups or you know, do things like that, that feel ridiculously uncomfortable. They're really <laughs> good for skill building. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think the thing I loved most about BNI was you, what you're talking about when people think about just doing that, they're picturing themselves doing that in a random group of strangers every time. That's only true on the first day. Yeah. Because when you meet with people every week, you create a group of friends and you can fail in front of them. You can try something totally different and they're not going to be like, oh, really? That's what you did? And if you really nail it, somebody's going to come up to you after the meeting and go, oh, that was the best commercial. You should do that one again. So it was like this constant feedback loop, which is what I really came to treasure was this, oh, if I need someone, if I stand up and just say, I'm trying something new today, tell me how it lands. I was going to get an honest opinion. And I realized how valuable that was in that constant weekly feedback loop, more and more and more and more every week, and how much I learned in that iterative process. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our 
new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. I learned so much. And I remember new people showing up or visitors coming because you can always bring visitors who wanted to promote their businesses. And I remember the nerves when new people would stand up and like everyone else at the table being like, it's okay. Like we've all had our first day. We've got it. It was really this like (laughs) gentle way of holding space for people. Yeah. As they were like, okay, like I'm standing here sweating. I have to talk about myself for 30 seconds. And it sounds like nothing, but oh my gosh, when you're there, like 30 seconds, it feels like a long time. And yeah. like learning the specificity. Mm-hmm. I think that some of actually what helped me in my book was yeah. who am I trying to talk to? Yeah. You know, the thinking about if I stood up in BNI, I would be saying, you know, I want to talk to that really amazing woman in your life who's between 35 and 50, who's taken about five years off of work, has a college degree, and is kind of losing her mind a little, but loves being a mom. Yeah. That's who I want to talk to. And I would never have known how to say that well without 10 years of BNI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is specific to moms that we have a hard time talking about ourselves and centering ourselves. And so going into, I mean, in that BNI situation, you know, standing up and talking about your own business, but whether it's that or it's in the workplace, having to put yourself out for a promotion or having to go have an uncomfortable meeting or like asking, advocating for yourself, um, 
it's really, really uncomfortable because we're so used to and conditioned to centering others. So part of that is just being socialized as a woman. But then there's another part of it that's like when you have a child who's the center of your life from the second they're born, like you just naturally take the back burner. Right. And like this double whammy of having to overcome, like, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I stand against? Like, how am I going to train people how to treat me, stand up for myself, go for the things that I want and really put the spotlight on me? And that's so challenging and uncomfortable (laughs) if you've been socialized to be like, sit down, little girl, don't take up too much space. Otherwise you're too much. You're too bossy. You're too this, too that. And also your kids just need all of you. So you've like lost yourself in the shuffle of that. Yeah. And it's interesting because you were talking about like the biggest challenge when I went back and also kind of the biggest challenge that women have today. So I'm going to tie those together because when you were saying like people think, okay, I want to go back to work. I'm going to work on my resume. I'm going to apply. And I'm just Mm -hmm. thinking, uh, you missed nine things because moms can't start there. Right. Period. You know, you're doing the, okay, like, I think I want to do this, but I need childcare here. And then I have summer here. And then I have this other thing. And then we have pickup drop off. And then we have food and like all this stuff. And the biggest thing that I find that moms lack is self-confidence in looking behind them and saying, that stuff I do every day matters to someone beyond my children. If I was going to sit down and say, what did I achieve in the last six months? And I started taking that and just thinking about it as if I was presenting it to an employer, not like trying to like write my resume with it, but just trying to wrap that different language around it. You know, like the, okay, so you help run the transportation for your select soccer team. That is nuts. You're dealing with probably 15 families. So probably 30 variables at a minimum because you've got two parents and then the kids. So that's really 45. But even if we're just talking about the parents, you are doing a project management project. You are managing the transportation and execution of a year-long project. And if you look back at that and just say, okay, cool. How many times were we late to practice? None. Because we're always early. So like whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you built in there as a success matrix for getting your kids to soccer practice on time is something that is translatable. Yeah. And people don't look at it that way. They think about, I just got them to soccer practice on time. Like, okay, and what are the 85 other things I got done that day? They don't look at the projects. They don't think about it that way. And it's like, even if all I get the moms who are listening to do today is start thinking about one thing in your life as if you needed to explain it as if it was a job, not like get ready for a job interview, but just say, what was the deliverable? How many people were involved? Even if it's five, it doesn't matter. Four, even if it's just your family, it's still complicated. You know, when I sat down to do all this, and one of the activities I have people do is doing a mind map. So a mind map is where you kind of put your brain on paper in bubble form. So when I did it, you know, I made a bubble for me, a bubble for each of my kids, a bubble for, you know, my church, a bubble for the art stuff I was doing. And then I just started writing down all the things that I did that were attached to each of those bubbles. So here's all the stuff I did for school. Here's all the stuff I did for my husband. Here's all the stuff I did for our house. By the time I was done with that paper, I was like, whoa, no wonder I'm tired. Yeah. So really just starting to see those projects and those skills as marketable and not trying to make it more than that or saying I devalue my current life. Because I feel like the conversation I keep hearing people come back to is like, well, I feel like I'm kind of like devaluing what I'm doing now by wanting to do something else. 
Yeah. You know, like that somehow there's this weird conflict of like, oh, I'm being a stay at home mom isn't enough. Right. Like it was never meant to be enough. You're there for your children, but it doesn't mean you have to, you know, get rid of yourself. Exactly. I love the example that you just gave in terms of project management is so on point. I love it so much. And this is something I've talked about over time. I did an episode on why moms make better leaders and incorporated similar <laughs> ideas. And I like my ideas were like, if you can, if you have two children who fight a lot, like you have had to do more negotiation than like, you know, Middle Eastern peace treaties. So, and <laughs> which is probably at this point in time, recording in just, uh, November of 2023, probably not a politically correct statement to make, but like having to, I mean, They haven't gotten any easier to negotiate. That's true. Very true. (laughs) So I think that what we can easily overlook is the stuff that we're doing on the day-to-day basis and then tracking it to something that actual transferable skills. So I love that connection. And I really love that you connect it to like a really specific job title because I think connecting it to project manager kind of like that really for me, it puts boundaries and parameters around it, that it become more clear, like how you can then add supporting data, which you did beautifully in that example. For two years, so last year and the year before, I was the co-chair of the parent association at my son's school. And I have a client who is chairing her parent association in her school in a different state. And we were talking about this the other day and we were talking about, so one of the things I noticed when I signed up is I was kind of quickly like, oh shoot, like this is a lot and I'm not sure I'm ready. And then quickly after that, I started thinking, okay, I know I'm going to learn a lot because I didn't quite realize what I was signing up for. (laughs) And how can I leverage that so that when I'm done with this two years, I can own I did this role and this is how this is transferable to other things. And so to your point, I really started kind of tracking like, you know, running events for this many people. So like two of our events were for like a thousand community members. So did I run them myself? No, but but was I the co-chair? Yes. So that kind of stuff I think is really significant. And this other parent was saying for their parent association is a nonprofit. And so she's like, basically I'm running a small nonprofit. She's like, you better believe I'm going to put that on my resume. (laughs) And so- I think taking those things and being able to, it's not cheating the system or lying or like exaggerating. It is very truthful owning what you've done in one area and recognizing how that can contribute to another area. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, and like when I think about the things that were hard, you know, when we're talking about like that idea of like the resume, like, okay, well, great resume. Like we're talking about resume, but like for me, like when I went back to work, my biggest challenge was after school. Like Mm -hmm. I could do the morning and get everybody launched and go to work, Mm -hmm. but it was that like three to 6 PM. Well, how do you find childcare for three to 6 PM three days a week? Like that's just, that's laughable. You're laughing with me. But like we found a young man in our world who really knew my kids well. And I just said, hey, would you be open to like doing pickup three days a week and like just kind of being around to like make sure my seven and 13 year old eat something and start their homework? And he's like, yeah, that'd be really fun. And he had a flexible schedule. He was going to school. So he made my life possible. My husband was working 13 hour days. I went back to work. So I had zero, he had no band, less than no bandwidth. So I had to build the bandwidth into what I did. But like, it's thinking about what are your needs? And that's where like, when I went back and talked about my process was the starting, you know, my vision for this was always like two moms sitting over a cup of coffee or at soccer practice in the rain, working on this workbook in the car, because you kind of want somebody to bounce stuff off of. But it's also like the start is what's working and what's not working right now. Because oftentimes that desire for something more 
is a gap. That gap doesn't always have to get filled with paid work. It's just about finding something for yourself. And so sometimes it's like building that, looking at your life in a year, looking at your life in five years, looking at your life in 10 years. Like, okay, my children will be X age. Oh, maybe that will open up a door. Like Mm -hmm. starting to identify that timeline farther out and starting to document what you're talking about. What are those skills? What are those things that you do that you should be you know, even if you just write it on a note and drop it in a jar, like one of the exercises I encourage people to do is like anytime they're working on a project, just write it on a slip of paper and drop it in a jar because you'll come back and look at them. And some of them would be like, well, I don't want to talk about my garden project, but like it was a project, you know? (laughs) And so like, sometimes you'll come back and like, oh my God, that garden project became coordinating with contractors and like all this other stuff. So like, it's kind of, what did it become? And for me, I'm a really visual person. So having something that I'm dropping something into on a regular basis help me see what Mm -hmm. I as an individual was doing. Right. Because it's really hard when you're in the thick of it with your family to take a breath and go, man, look at all the stuff I got done today. You're like, okay, we got it done. (laughs) 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 You're like, hold on, I have to write it down now. (laughs) Exactly. And so I'm just joking. But but, that was why I grabbed that piece was just a project in the jar. And then yes. I can keep going. And yeah, I not, not write back. a dissertation on the, what you did no. during the day. Like a right. little slip of paper, drop it in. Yeah, Because <laughs> it, it was stuff like garden project. Because I knew what that meant. Right. But like, right. I wasn't doing it for anybody else. So I was just yes. doing it for me to try and start seeing what I was doing. I love it. Yeah. I'm sure you talk about this in the book. And this is maybe where yeah. the book starts. So you can kind of guide me here. But I'm yeah. curious about timelines for moms considering returning to the workforce. And you just gave this example, like looking down the road and being aware of like this kind of longer term trajectory is my hunch is that there's a population of people that are looking ahead. They are like, okay, when the kids are in kindergarten or when I'm an empty nester, whatever that milestone or transition might be. And then I also think that there can sometimes, not sometimes, I think there's probably a whole nother camp of people who either by chance or by choice are kind of suddenly like, I think I'm ready or I need something different or like I want to be stimulated in a new way or in our situation kind of a thing, like my partner got laid off and like, am I the person who maybe has a chance of finding something quicker because of what the market is looking like right now? So can you talk about like weeks to months of looking like, is this a weeks to month thing or like months to years kind of a thing? And I know you talked about like doing some foundational work. So talk us through all that. Yeah. And for you, you nailed it. It's the, you either need to get this done in a month because Mm -hmm. something happened, you know, work changes, life changes, divorce, death, job, move, you name it. Something happens and you realize like the gap, the chasm kind of opens in front of you. This book is like, okay, go do a weekend retreat, figure it out. You can get through my workbook in a shorter period of time and it will be useful. Mm -hmm. It is a little bit less useful if you're on that short time frame because you need to be going from now to resume. You need to find childcare in two weeks. Like you can't be philosophical about it. You know, (laughs) it's not a dreamy project. It's not a dreamy project, (laughs) you know, and what I see on average is moms that are looking, they've had a shift, something happened. They tend to take six to 18 months on average. Some go a little longer, but that's because their kids are younger. So it's kind of the, a lot of it's around the age of kid and childcare needs and what your partner can or can't provide. So kind of there's all those things. Where are you sourcing all those things? But it's going through that process and it, it's mostly that my book on the front of it says this is permission because I felt like that's what I had to give myself to even start thinking about it. 
because I felt so not overwhelmed by my life because I've loved it, but it was, there wasn't this big space for like, I'm going to do a weekend retreat and think about myself and my future. You know, it was crap. I got a half an hour over coffee. What do I really want to do? Okay. I'll think about that a little bit. And then I found another resource that helped me get more precise on, okay, now I think what I want to do, how much money do I need to make? And actually having an exercise that says, how much would childcare cost? How much childcare do I need? How much childcare can I get from my current network? Like really actually writing all that stuff down made it so I could move from one step to the next. Because if you can't figure out what you want, what you're lacking. So that first thing is always like, where's the lack? Is it just I need something like a PTA thing where I feel like I can sink my teeth into something, but I don't need money yet? Or, man, I kind of need some money. Let's figure out the money question first. So figuring out like which one of those things is the biggest variable is the beginning. And then it's all really, it ends up being around your kid's school. It's around a kid's school timeline because usually it's a, you know, my youngest just started kindergarten. I now Mm -hmm. have more time. But, you know, people are like, oh, your kid started kindergarten. You've got six hours a day. I'm like, yeah, right. You got like three, you know? (laughs) I know one that puts their kid in kindergarten and suddenly feels like massive time freedom. Like, I think you feel some time freedom. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. yeah. You got to get there. You got to be at the bus stop. Like, yeah, like those little stinkers, like still know how to take up all the space. Like they're not there, but they're somehow still taking up. The compression. Well, and it's also, I feel like the compulsion to fill that time with all the other things that you weren't doing, you know. Like we we aren't terribly good at like holding space for that either. Right, right. But it's there's been something that tipped. So some domino tipped over. And that's where I feel like the questions start. And so what I had seen in the marketplace was there's a lot of stuff out there for like if when you hit resume. Like from the resume stage on, there are some wonderful resources already built, great companies that are trying to source moms, all that kind of stuff. But for the mom who's sitting at soccer practice, just kind of feeling a little empty inside. There isn't anything to start talking about the empty, being okay with it, and figuring out what something in between might be. Because sometimes you figure out like, no, I really want a career. Okay, well, if I want a career, then what? You know, that's the, do you need education? Do you need experience? Do you need a specific skill? Because that's what I found was over time, I had identified like, oh, okay, you know, and when I got to the end of my journey was the two things I had to have in my job were pay flexibility. If I worked harder, I wanted to get paid more and time flexibility, which meant if I had to take a day off, I didn't want to have to ask anybody. So I needed some form of entrepreneurialness to that. Pretty much that's commission sales. But I wouldn't have said, I want a job in commission sales. <laughs> you know, like that's like, whoa, yay. So like thinking about the what you need it to fill and then figuring out what the math looks like and if you can do it. And, you know, some of the moms that I've talked to who've gone through the process, they've said that their biggest point of friction after getting into the workforce has been their spouse isn't quite as happy that they're back at work because they're less available in general, yeah. you know. Or their spouse is absolutely thrilled and like they've hit this whole cool new rhythm where everybody's giving a little bit more. Like everybody comes up different, but also knowing that once you take that step and when you've initiated into that process, you're not done. (laughs) You just hit a new phase. 
This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Every transition is a new season for like learning and building new roots. It sounds like, which this is so helpful for people who I think tend to be overthinkers, which might be any mom. (laughs) Yes. So what I'm thinking is, as you were kind of giving some examples of how to start grounding yourself and things to consider and think about, whether it's childcare or uh, budget or what you want more of and less of, what came to mind for me was, I think we carry a lot of these things. I imagine like little tornadoes in our head, like just swirling thoughts. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, at some point I'm going to sit down and think that through. But like when, like, is it, am I, when? (laughs) Yeah, You don't ever put that on the calendar, right? right? And I think that a lot of times our inaction, which leads to lack of satisfaction in our lives is because 
we have so many of these little tornadoes and we don't even know where to start. We're like, there's seven of them on the left side of my brain and three of them on the right side. And then there's like the one and you're like, which one is like the biggest that I need to tackle? And so I think having a resource where there's something that is in a linear fashion, like first do this and then do this. And you can sit down and do like a little bit at a time. And someone's telling you where to start and what to do next. That to me is like, it's like warm soup. Like It's like comforting. Like I want to just grab my blanket and get cozy because someone's going to hold, it's going to be a supportive process versus me feeling like I'm on an island by myself trying to guess where I should start in this process that is unfamiliar and scary and overwhelming and intimidating. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's too many things. That's what you nailed it, Sarah, because that's where I find moms are is that they're trying, they talk to their friends work and they're thinking, well, I should go back to work. Like, where do you start? And that's what I had to have was I had to create something that helped moms who were ready to start, but weren't ready to go yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so mine's from question to go. Once you're done with what with the workbook I built, you'll be ready to go find those resume. Re- you'll kind of know like, okay, or you're like, I need to come back and redo this in a year because then all my kids will be insert variable. You know, right. <laughs> just right. looking at that. Right. Because you know, yeah, that elusive, like, because then my kids will be like independent and self-sufficient. And then you get there and they're like, hmm, are they? <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> and the funnest feedback for me is the 2.0 and 3.0 versions of this that are starting to percolate up, which is probably just going to be a couple of extra chapters. But I've had moms now who are approaching me that are saying, I'm an empty nester. Where's my book? Yeah. I am divorced. Mm. Where's mine? And so those are my projects that are coming. But like, I'm so excited that this has inspired those thoughts in those other women who recognize this need for a kind of a contemplative tool that's actually useful, you know, and like, I just have this vision of people having this in their car and it being totally dog-eared and covered in dirt and coffee because it's the thing that you just, and I tell people like, buy the hard copy. You can do it electronically, but buy the hard copy because it's thing that you can carry with you and throw in the car, shove in your purse so that when you have... 10 minutes, five minutes. You, oh, I'm going to spend a couple minutes on that. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this. I am going to wall off an hour of my life because it just doesn't happen. Having right. it with you makes that possible. You know, and that I just, I love that. And the thing I want all the moms listening to remember is you are the most efficient person on time management, you know, and you don't give yes. yourself credit for it. Thank my you. example was that like, I had built into my life. So when my kids were taking karate, there was a time when we got to karate They had gone into class, but class hadn't started yet. And so it was like five minutes, like the teacher was talking to them, whatever. It was kind of that circle time kind of thing. I knew that in that five to 10 minutes, nothing was happening in class that I wanted to see. But I was somewhere that was quiet enough. I could make a phone call. Every time we had class, it was like three days a week. I took a post-it. I stuck it to my phone for the person or the place I needed to call during business hours and have like about 10 minutes. Love that. (laughs) If you were I don't know, describe, Tracy, you might be better yeah. at time management than me. You said that we oh my God. That. Yeah. <laughs> that, but I feel like that was kind of built out of desperation though. Those yeah. were the phone calls that I couldn't make happen. I wedged, but I wedged it in there because I had mm-hmm. 10 minutes. I know so many stay-at-home moms who do that and don't give themselves credit for how do you micromanage your own time? 
Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, hey, I'm going to remember to send a text to my mom when we're in the parking lot because we have what my kids are still chilling and, and getting stuff out of their backpacks so we can go into the store. I'm going to send it to my mom. Like those, that wedging skill I use at work. I love it. I'm waiting on something. I have gaps between meetings. I've got eight minutes. Most people are like, I'll just kill time and look at my email. I'm like, no, I have like this little project and I know I can take one bite out of it. And I feel like as a mom, you are forced to get okay with taking one bite out of something. Yes. Because you never have time, really. Right. Yeah. No, I love that so much. I have to hold it up and show you. I have my little (laughs) notebook every week that is broken up into little sections, but this bottom (laughs) section here, and some of you listening, obviously you can't see my notebook if you're listening, but many of our audience have been in different things with me where I've been on camera and I've held up this, my trusty notebook that has my like action items. But these bottom things here are like, my five minute mom tasks where it's like yes. schedule that appointment, do that one thing. And sometimes they're mom related. Sometimes they're personal. It's like buy the new ski pants like, yeah. get them from the cart on Amazon to the actual order. But it's those little things. And those are the, totally the things when I have those five minutes, I just look down and I'm like, okay, can I cross one off? And it's so exciting when I can. But like people forget that doing that in a work setting, a lot of people, if they've never been forced into that mode where they only have five minute gaps in their day, they don't learn how to maximize their time. Yeah. And so I'm a lot more efficient at work with the same amount of time than other people because like I'm doing stuff while the phone's ringing. I call somebody, I got four rings and a voicemail, <laughs> like I'm getting something totally. done. And that's probably a little ADHD of me, but it's also- <laughs> I'm totally the same. I know I can't waste it. And that was built- well, being a stay-at-home mom, sitting there and I'm folding laundry and on the phone and listening to dinner, like boom, all yes, the time. And, yes. you know, I've had a whole bunch of women who've gone through my workbook now and have gone back to work and they're like, work's easier. You know? <laughs> yes. I think we think it's really big and scary and overwhelming because it's unfamiliar. And then, <laughs> yes, I've actually heard that so many times. Yeah. And I'm 100%. like, it's because there's fewer variables. Yeah. At no point during your workday is someone going to randomly walk into your office and throw up on you. Right. I also think, and maybe this is also coming from the sense of being a business owner, but I have this perception of like, if I were to go work in a company, because I haven't done that in 20 some years, that yeah. I would have to be able to run the whole company because in every capacity of my life, I'm running. So I'm like, yeah. well, I run my business and like, I run, you know, I'm pretty much like the household manager and the default parent and all those things. Yeah. And yeah. so when I think about like a return to work, I think, oh wait, no, I wouldn't be running the company though. I would just be doing like one little thing. Like, what is it like to just do <laughs> one little thing? Not saying that it's all yes. little, but like one it feels so different <laughs> right right so i love that this is all i have to do i just have to go do this amazing job and then i can leave <laughs> yes yes i love it oh my gosh tracy this has been so helpful and fun yeah. is there anything we left out that you want to leave people with before i ask our last question and ask where people can find you look yourself in the mirror every day and be proud of one thing even if you're one done well is the same done well as you've done all week. If you've gotten your kids to school with lunch on time all week, just take a minute to praise yourself for that because recognizing the things you did well, even if they're the same things, is how you start seeing how you can improve because you're like, oh, well, if I was going to put that down as a done well, I would have gotten there five minutes earlier. Well, maybe I'll try that next week. You know, like you start seeing the things you did well because we are problem centric thinkers. And if you can start focusing on a little bit of positive, your whole life's going to get better. I love that. Okay. How are you currently showing up as a shameless mom for our final question? I brag about my stay at home mom skills at work. 
when I'm sitting talking to somebody about their day and I'm just like, hey, you know, this is how I use this time. Like when I was at home and I used to do this, this is how it shows up now because I want all the people in my network to know how valuable moms are and that I don't feel like we give them proper credit. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Like that's like a service to all of us. Thank you for doing that. Where can people find you, find the Growing Back to Work workbook, um, connect with you, all the good stuff. So my website is just my name. So Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, Crowley, C-R-O-W-L-E-Y dot life. So Tracy Crowley dot life. So you can find my workbook there. You can connect with me there, sign up for our quarterly good stuff newsletter, all sorts of great things. We're ultimately going to be doing some workshop stuff next year, just getting those online. And I've got a couple of other books I'm working on. And also if you're game to listen to some other things I'm working on, I have a podcast as well called Good Life Stories. And so you can find that at goodlifestories.com. And I've featured a couple of amazing mom's stories on there. So if you look up Angie and Erin Jones, those are two of my favorite mom episodes where they talk about how being a mom really impacted their life. So really, really fun stuff there. And you can find my workbook. Book is really focused on taking you from, I don't know what I want to do to being ready for a resume and has a really nice process and is a great thing to give your favorite mom for Christmas. Love it. Oh my gosh. This was so great, Tracy. So I'm going to link everything here in the show notes. When you write the next book, come back on the show because we're all going to want to hear about it and go get that one as well. Will do. Thank you so much for your time today and for the work that you're doing. I know so many folks got a lot of golden nuggets out of this, Tracy. And I, it was so fun for me to reconnect with you after all this time as well. Thanks again, Sarah. The privilege is mine. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. 
Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.